dead. Welcome back to Craft Beer is Dead. I am so glad you didn't know I was recording you there, and that is definitely going into the show. What was that? Uh, Two seventeen. All right. Vocal warm-ups. Very imperative for doing it. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, it's another spooky. Oh, and we're girls. on. Yeah. Oh, we're on. Whether you knew it or not, we are. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> hey guys, how are you? That's Bree doing her vocal warm-ups. The old pine-sized <laughs> traveler there. Hey, <laughs> a, a Icarus face over here who will no longer... Icarus face? Into Icarus face. Oh, I think it's an Icarus face. Icarus? I was just like, is like my Ichabod? face looks like it flew too close oh. to the sun? <laughs> <laughs> who will no longer be in charge of the controls anymore. <laughs> yeah. I do look a little bit like leather. I get it. <laughs> Just kidding. I have That's no idea how to style. fucking work that. Perfect. <laughs> Supremely to my advantage. So, anywho, welcome back to another Spooky Scary. Here uh, we go. This one is one that we are all pretty familiar with. There was a couple factoids within this that I just deemed it worth talking about, even though I think a good bit of it was covered in the show, but kind of piecing together two different documentaries Mix in with some other ish. So, before I tell you who we're talking about, mm. you uh, you wanna you wanna you yeah. wanna you wanna you wanna what? You wanna Fanta? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll open a beer if that's what. You're... I mean, yeah. All right, let's do that. You wanna do that? Let's just do that. Okay. Uh, so, um, one of our regulars is super nice, and he always brings in some really cool stuff. And uh, so this one is a local uh, brewery out of Jacksonville. Um, good friends of ours now. Yeah. Yeah, they came in. We met them. They're super dope. They are super dope. Looking cool. to make some beer soon. Really cute kid. Um, they've been killing it with their uh, with their lineup, too. So uh, this one is in a galaxy really, really close by, <laughs> which I fucking love. So it's like a Spaceballs and reference kind of thing. And it's a great can. Like, I would definitely see that on the shelf and go for that 100%. It's cool, man. It's clean. It's Super it's, yeah. clean. Exactly. It's not like picturing like the uh, descending letters or anything like that. No. It's just a really nice like backscape. Of, it's not cheesy. It is. It's just like, it's really gorgeous. No, it's pretty dope. So it is an India Pale Ale with some Galaxy Hips. Makes oh. sense. Bumping into my microphone. Ay, ay, ay. I'm just that excited. <laughs> but yeah, so again, out of Jacksonville, they've been the have area. Have you been there? Um, I have not been there. I've had a few things from them. They're mostly known Thanks. for uh, Karate in the Garage. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a New England IPA with Simcoe on Mosaic. Um, if you go in over there, they've got um, Pitch and Perfect Lightly Hopped Wheat Ale, Cool Wit, which is a Belgian wit, um, Current Threat Level Midnight, which is another one I saw around locally. It's a uh, sour ale with black currant. Currant. Mm, um, currant, yes. <laughs> uh, no, but a lot of really, really cool stuff. They were in the gambit, um, which is always fun, at least on my opinion, too, because like everyone and their mom makes hazies and sours and all that stuff, too. But to yeah. see like some more traditional styles as well as those kind of things are super fun as well. I have had a lot of their sours, I want to say. Um, a lot of our local bottle shops get their stuff pretty frequently, so... Ooh. Oh, wow. That smells like hella ripe. It's crazy. 
it's just kind of fun, like in a good way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in that. Hmm. I just can't stop smelling it. You can, but you don't want to. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know what I'm perceiving. (laughs) (laughs) That's as good or no? (laughs) I do like it. I just don't, I just can't figure out what I'm tasting. It's got a, like a really, really complex hot profile to it too. Like it's almost, I get like super star fruity. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to help me by saying things. I'm either going to agree or disagree. Honeydew, little piney, little white (laughs) grapeish, little uh, beer flavor. It's. It's a potent flavor. Like it's, it has a lot of flavor. It's just a lot of pop profile that is just giving me a second to even attempt to break down because that's a cool. lot. That's a lot going on. Yeah, because I mean, a good like, way. nowadays too. I mean, every one of their moms kind of using similar hops, and you know, it's it's hard to reinvent a wheel that everyone's making. Yeah. So to to make something to where you have to stop and go, what the fuck? Yeah. Like is is pretty impressive these days. Yeah. You take that. Hell yeah. So that's from Southern Swells. Go check them out. They are in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Um, yeah. Jacksonville's pretty fun. I fucking love Jacksonville, man. Jacksonville's pretty fun. Uh, yeah. They're over on Jack's Beach. Um, a lot of really good breweries popping up over there these days, too. Yeah, I wish we made it over there. but And it was just a really busy weekend the one time I've been there. So even yeah. Wicked Barley was three-hour wait. <laughs> That's insane. Isn't that amazing though? Like Good for what? Them. Exactly. You can't how you can't be mad at that. You're like, shit. Yeah. They're, <laughs> Good uh, for you. Good for the people who are waiting like two hours and fifty five minutes to go into your establishment. Like fuck. <laughs> it must be some good shit, man. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'll probably go grab a six or from one of the local ball shops and then just test it out from there. But Yeah. Well, I, evidently the food is super, super good. Oh, is it? So everybody everybody was there around dinner time. That's where we were going to have dinner. Oh, okay. Yeah. So evidently the food is like, ha. What is it? Ha. All right. Well, Rick Ross approval there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, let's get into uh, this uh, this creepy person. Yes. Person. Ooh. Cracking the fingers for it. All right. All right. So we, most of us, especially if you guys are even listening to our spooky scaries, I'm assuming that you're like us. <laughs> I'm assuming that you have seen probably a lot of the same documentaries and are just familiar with the staple fucking crazies. So the Night Stalker, Richard Ramirez, All right. is who we are talking about today. This fucking guy. So he's an American serial killer who killed at least 14 people and raped and tortured at least two dozen more mostly during the spring and summer of 1985. After developing epilepsy as a child, he became a heavy drug user and cultivated an interest in Satanism, which became a calling card for investigators at his crime scene. Apprehended in August 1985, Ramirez was sentenced to death. At the conclusion of his trial in 1989, he spent the remainder of his days in California San Quentin prison before dying from cancer. At 53. So that is the basic synopsis that 99.9% of us are familiar with. So his early life, I was less familiar with. So the um, the show on Netflix kind of really dove into 
while he was killing like going the investigation the police it was a lot of interviews of residents and people in the area right yeah and and i will say i really enjoyed how they 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 took that perspective on it because Mm -hmm. you know especially we get really really desensitized a lot of times to you know hearing the case counts and the, the victim counts and like I mean, shit, they, they you start forgetting their names. It's terrible just because of yep. how many people are, are passing away because of this stuff. Um, but I think what they did in Night Stalker that really kind of hit home with me as well as in Sons of Sam was really portray and, and get you to grasp the level of fear mm-hmm. in the communities because you, you forget that too. It's it's not like they would like this person was just running around and no one knew what was yeah, happening and absolutely it it's not just a unrelated. narrator telling yeah. the story it really really puts in perspective when you are looking at these people's faces giving their testimonies of being there and knowing their neighbors or the cops you know anybody involved yeah and it's it's more so like for like say sons of sam like the fact that communities were afraid to do certain yeah. things like not just people being like oh i should probably be careful like people were literally just like don't sit in a fucking car it's changing the way. the way they look yeah like literally <laughs> going out of their yeah their appearance Mm -hmm. based on just not being a target is so fucking crazy. And I think people just forget the level of fear and just kind of hold that a lot of these cases have over a community, which I think was a really interesting perspective that they took. So Yeah, I could not agree more on that, honestly. Um, So we'll dive into the early life. Ramirez was born Ricardo Leva Menos, I'm going to have shit accent with this, so just <laughs> whatever, guys. Ramirez, on February 29th, 1960, in El Paso, Texas, the fifth child of Mexican immigrants, Mercedes and Julian Ramirez. I know, Julian, whatever. Known as Richard or Ricky, Ramirez reportedly sustained multiple head injuries at an early age. After he was knocked unconscious by a swing at age five, he became experiencing epileptic fits. Okay. That's my new fun fact. I didn't know that. Did you know that? Well, I, I didn't know specifically with him, but it's, it is definitely not a surprise considering a lot, a lot yeah. of serial killers have like frontal lobe or just head Actual injuries. Actual trauma. Yeah. 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 So that mixed with this <laughs> okay. is why he is the way he is. I think is. I remember hearing something super fucked up about like one of his relatives it or is, something. Exactly. Yeah. So as an adolescent, he was heavily influenced by his older cousin, Miguel, who had recently returned from fighting in the Vietnam War. Oh, yeah. The two smoked marijuana together as Miguel told Ramirez about the torture and mutilation he had inflicted on several Vietnamese women corroborating these stories with photographic evidence. So not only does he already have this brain trauma, now he's sitting there day after day, you know, his family thinking he's just hanging out with his cousin, but his cousin is sitting there showing him raped, mutilated, killed women in Vietnam that he, that and he did that, being like, I did this. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, and like, especially at that age with some sort of, you know, mental uh, trauma, um, or I should say like physical trauma mentally, um, that's where people start becoming very, very identified with who they are as a person, mm-hmm. uh, who they, they start building up what they see as right and wrong. They start kind of putting what like the lens and perspective of how they'll see the entire world together at that age. Yeah. So that's one of the first things you're seeing and you're like, oh, well, that's a thing. Or as most of us are just like, oh, SpongeBob's on again. Yeah. Yeah. That could, that is so true. And 
it, it, you can't say it doesn't affect them. You can't. You can't say seeing stuff like that. Even I am a little mad at some of my friends growing up because they had brothers and stepbrothers who were older and taught them what, you know, some of these crazy, like, fucking weird videos on YouTube or... Yeah, like just weird shit that they the age gap was just too far. And then because you hang out with them, then they're like, oh, my God, you want to see this video? And you're like, what the fuck? (laughs) You know, and it like it resonates with you. And you're like, I feel like you just took so much of yeah, my innocence. Like, it's like when they make you watch Two Girls, One Cup at the first time. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, I can't yes. unsee that. You can't. You cannot unsee it. And I will forever it. hate a part of you for making me do that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So the icing on the cake was when he was 13, Ramirez witnessed his cousin murder his own wife just right in front of him. Okay. Did you know that? Uh, I remember hearing something about it. Uh, a lot of these are like refreshers. I know, right? Exactly. But exactly. it's more of the just... It's like just having it categorized and hearing it once again, you just are like, oh yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so dropping out of school in ninth grade, Ramirez was arrested for the first time in 1977 for marijuana possession. He soon moved to California, progressing to cocaine addiction and burglary and cultivating an interest in Satanism. Why not? Which by the way, like... At the time, too, like, look, if you're a budding teen... I knew he was going to, like, no. stick up for I Satanism. Fu- okay. <laughs> First of all, go watch a documentary called I Hail Satan. I knew he was going to say it. I love that documentary. It was great. That was a really, it's really, a good really, one. really good go documentary. Go learn yourself. It was so funny. Oh, my God. And I, I In a good way. They're basically just professional trolls they with, are. like, actually endearing hearts to be like, well, it should There's just be equality. There's levels, like, every religion and yeah. in Satanism, like, you're basic, like, you really don't even necessarily, like, kind of go to church all the time, but you just believe in it. They are still just actively out there just trying to just teach people that you ain't shit for whatever it's like nihilism God essentially yeah. you believe in and that's like there's no one their better first tier and then we're not their tier so this because he is in it <laughs> but what i'm saying is like these off branches of like the satanic cults and blah 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 yeah these are just fuckheads <laughs> that are looking for a sense of identity yeah. and basically gaining power socially speaking because they know that what they're into socially freaks people out nothing was punk rock enough yeah and then that was so like just it's basically the, somebody walking in and be like blah, 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 like look how crazy I am I'm the crazy one you can't do anything like it's this weird fucking weak ass mentality yeah punch him in the face that's why they all they're all fucking they hide like with this guy we'll find out here in a little bit what his mo was mm-hmm. but it's like same thing with Son of Sam they just run up and shoot people while they're not looking same thing with Zodiac it's all these people who just take control over just like ambushing people because they're like fuck these guys because they just don't give a shit eat a poop so dropping out of school in ninth grade Ramirez was arrested for the first time in 1977 marijuana blah 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 Satanism he was arrested twice <laughs> in blah, 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 blah. Satanism blah 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 marijuana blah 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 <laughs> t-shirt please somebody make that <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. That was super you. funny. No, because now like that just made it even better. Because it that is marijuana, blah blah blah, Satanism, blah blah blah. Because <laughs> it went over my head. I was like, that's a normal series of words. That's how desensitized we are to this shit now, guys. <laughs> I swear to God. 
Like, hey, this is why we can't talk about this to our loved it's ones because they're like, what the fuck is wrong? We're like, yeah, it's, you know, like hiding it with somebody's a, head on a stake, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is our therapy, actually. This uh, is the place where we feel like we can talk about this. Feel alive. And marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, blah, blah, blah. So, blah, blah, blah. He was arrested twice in Los Angeles area for auto theft in 1981 and again in 1984 and noticeably began to neglect his personal hygiene. So that, another pretty solid indicator. Yeah. Shit's about to get real. So. (laughs) (laughs) Stinky motherfucker. And like that adds on to the fear of this happening. Because imagine your worst moment possible. You, there is nothing you could even dreamt nightmare that'd be worse than this and then on top of it he fucking stinks so you're all your senses are just like so not to go into certain details because they seem braggadocious sometimes but when i was living up north you would run into wildlife a lot right yeah and one of the scariest situations i ever had was with a bear and it's one of those things to where your butthole puckers because you smell them first and you're like, oh, fuck, there's something in the area. And I then, actually haven't been close enough. I forget. Everyone's like, no, they're like stink, they stink. Like, they smell like shit. shit. Or yeah. like, same thing with like Sasquatch. Like anytime somebody yeah. reports a yeah. uh, run in with them, like they're like, oh, he stinks like hell. And so now whenever they, like, they smell something stinky, they go on like red alert. So the bear was in the area. Then they're like, oh, that's Sasquatch. <laughs> yeah, it was probably. Oh, so I got stalked by Sasquatch is what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway. All right. So. Theft turned into violence with Ramirez, first known murder, supposedly. This is the first known. So evidently he could have killed before. So I've read. But the first known murder was June 28th, 1984. The victim was a 79-year-old Jenny Vincow who was sexually assaulted, stabbed, and killed during her burglary in her own home. What followed was a spree of brutal murders, rapes, robberies, leaving dozens of victims in his wake. Again, weak pieces of shit. Yeah, a 79-year-old woman. They attack, like, elderly kids, things like that. Because, again, it literally is just trying to be as crazy and abrasive, so they take whatever power they feel like they're fucking lacking, and then they just displace it out to somebody else. Absolutely. I mean, and the fact that... So I, I've read that there could have been other sexual encounters before her, but supposedly like this was the first person like he actually killed, killed. Mm-hmm. Um, so he then waited nine months, which is also a little odd for me because you would think he would just now start his wake of destruction after the first nine, 79-year-old woman he killed. I would like to kind of touch on that in a little bit if you got time on it. Yeah. Yeah, well, like so... You'll often see with this, like, if you've noticed, everyone we cover, it's always escalation. Mm-hmm. Like, spree killings are different, right? They run out. They do yeah. a lot of things in a very short amount of time. Nine but, months just seems like such a long period of time. Well, that's the thing. And so, like, you look at BTK, which we'll definitely cover at some yeah. point. Kemper, um, Dahmer, like, these, they slowly escalated to something. And then when they finally did it, there's this, oh, fuck, what have I done? Cool down period. And then eventually, like, it gets to the point where, like, whether they hate themselves for it or not, they still end up doing it again because of the feeling they get from it. And it's almost like any other drug to where like the more and more you do it, the faster and faster it wears off and the more you become like desensitized to that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think his intelligence had a lot to do with this too because it took him that long to 
you know, because he really is not that intelligent. And so he convinced himself like, nah, or it's we're like, good. It's like Bundy, too, to where like he was the same way where they were sp- like they were sprawled out over months and months and if not years until yeah. finally like he just went full berserker on it. And then that's when a lot of these people get caught. Yeah. Yeah. Is when they just go fucking ham. Yeah. So, Ramirez struck nine, nearly nine months later on March 17th, 1985. He attacked Maria Hernandez, who managed to escape, and then killed her roommate, uh, Dale Akazaki. Uh, not satisfied with these assaults, he also shot and killed Tsai Lian Yu the same evening, spurring a media frenzy that saw Ramirez dubbed as the Valley Intruder by the press. I think if you remember, they came up with so many different names for him during the whole, you know, investigation. Yeah. So just 10 days later, so this is when it really started. On March 27, Ramirez murdered 64-year-old Vincent Zara and Zara's 44-year-old wife, Maxine. Hey, 64 and 44, like, that guy lived... Using an attack style that would become a pattern for the killer. The husband was shot first and then the wife was brutally assaulted and stabbed to death. In this case, Ramirez also gouged out Maxine Zara's eyes. So that's Escalation. pretty much that becomes his MO. He always then goes for the guy, kills the guy, and then well, and that's the th- like, so again, touching on that whole just kind of cowardly approach to things and not to make it sexist or anything, but like oftentimes people see a male as more of a threat to what they're mm-hmm. about to do. Um, so and he what would better- just cap them while they were sleeping. I think thing. it was just like, like they just dispatch him immediately. Yep. How, I mean, we've heard a lot of stories too, to where like a male wakes up from like a blinding pain in their head only to be, to realize that they've either been shot or struck or something like that. Cause like they're usually the first ones attacked. Yeah. Which is why I sleep closer to the door. That is like the older, you know, way of thinking. That was always, I remember my grandparents saying that. And also you never let the kids sleep on the first floor. You always, as a parent, you always have the room closer. Well, their tiny legs can take the the falls (laughs) a little bit better. Whereas our ankles are brittle and old. It's more your knees, right? It's not Uh, really your ankles. You're going to want to save those for your 40s, am I right? (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. A full-scale police operation yielded no concrete results and Ramirez repeated his attack patterns on prisoners wait pensioners do you know what that word pensioners pensioners yeah I've never read that or heard that word and can you use it in the sentence again that's it's just attack pattern on pensioners this was like directly from the things I've never heard that word before so sorry guys William and Lily Doy in May 1985. Over the next few months, his murder rate escalated, claiming another dozen victims in a frenzy of burglary, assault, and brutal violence, complete with satanic rituals. The Los Angeles Police Department responded by putting together a dedicated task force with the FBI stepping in to assist. And you know when the FBI steps in, they're like, oh, shit. So if I remember correctly, and I'm sorry if this is a spoiler alert kind of thing with what you're about to get to, but you were talking about the escalation of things. At some point, wasn't he like leaving like pentagrams oh, yeah, on, yeah. The, on the walls and That's stuff like that? That's when it was like satanic rituals is what they're referring to, but they would, he would do weird shit, but he would always leave some type of sign, you know, some type of pentagram or something. Yeah. And this was especially like right around that time too, right around or before the, the satanic panic, if you will. So like... That right there is almost like a terrorist's way of thinking, too, to where, like, you just use something that evokes so much fear that people just freak the fuck out whenever they see yeah. it, whether they understand it or not, 
you know is satanic panic coined like is that actually a term that they used yeah or? there's a yeah. we could honestly like that'd be a really interesting one to cover too just yeah. how it actually started and you know why and how like so if you look in like the you know late 80s into the 90s like the media really helps perpetuate this entire just fear mongering of anybody that's basically just different i mean imagine we're used to crazy shit nowadays you're used to just walking around with someone with four foot black spike hair and like clearly like worshiping the devil like imagine back then when that first wave of people not necessarily they were like you know that out in the open dressing like that but like once people started being like oh what the fuck this is even in the realm of possibilities like they held their their churches and their lives and never thought that that was even a possibility I well, mean, imagine living through that. <laughs> it's still it's still prevalent today into a lot of things, too. Like when you look at, say, Columbine and mm-hmm. you start looking at a lot of the details on that, how they wore trench coats and all this stuff, immediately the media, the media starts taking it as like, oh, they were Satanists, they were outcasts, they were goths, that's why they did yeah. this. Those guys were fucking bullies yeah. and they never dressed like that at all until they started leading up to it because they knew that it's one of those things to where like it'll incite a lot of reaction from people as opposed to actually standing by the beliefs of whatever the the religion that's associated with is. Yep. You know? The absolute reaction. It's terrorism. Yeah. It's exactly the definition of terrorism. It really is. So, Ramirez's actions on his final night of terror on August 24th, 1985, soon led to his capture. First, he was spotted outside a Mission Vejo home where he unwittedly left a footprint before the witness took note of his car and license plate. Later, Ramirez raped another woman at her home and shot her fiance. The victim provided a detailed description of her assailant who had forced her to swear her love for Satan. Ramirez's abandoned car was found a few days later, complete with enough of a fingerprint to make a match, and his criminal record enabled the police to finally put a name to, quote-unquote, the Night Stalker. National TV and print media coverage featuring his prison photos along with a series of clues from witnesses and survivors led to Ramirez's capture on August 31st after he was badly beaten by East LA residents while attempting two carjackings. So we will include that photo because he got fucked up. I fucking, so if you haven't seen Night Stalker, right? So there's, there's how he gets apprehended, but how they cover that five minutes of just like, this was, I, I fucking loved it. It was like vigilante justice because like yeah. essentially, you know, we all think about serial killers where like they finally find out who it is and they drive to the house and they pull him out of the house and then everyone's watching as they get lowered into the cop car and whatever. No, the entire community finally started like they, they got their backbone straight a little bit. Not saying that they weren't doing that in the beginning, yeah. but they all started realizing their power in numbers and watching this guy that everyone's terrified of, like literally running through backyards. And they're like, there's that fucking guy. One person chases, two people chase. Yep. They finally hold him down. They start beating the fuck out of him until like, literally the cops had to come up because they were like, we thought they were going to kill him. <laughs> and like, we almost didn't stop him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you gotta blame him. <laughs> so good on that community, man. Fuck you guys. That was amazing. And I think there was even like footage, footage of them surrounding yeah. him. Like there's a lot of actual real time ish of it. So They're you definitely need to check that here. out. Right. Um, so obviously there is a Netflix series on Richard, but what's bizarre is that they really never mention where he stayed while these killings were occurring. Uh, maybe they were gearing up for the other series about the Cecil Hotel, but regardless, that's where he stayed during all of this. And it really just 
adds to the crazy of the entire situation, in my opinion. Um, there are several interviews with residents at the hotel claiming they saw Richard on numerous occasions stripping down in the alley next to the hotel, taking off all of his blood-soaked clothing. So people literally knew he was doing in- insane murders, but because he was staying at the Cecil, it was just a kind of punk rock shit that just happened there well, all the time. And everyone just brushed it off. <laughs> and that was, so like even with the, with the, uh, did you watch that documentary? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like when they're talking to the manager and this poor she, fucking lady. Yeah. But she seemed super sketchy at the end. She's probably dealing with like some stuff too. Yeah, where she's covering some shit up. And she like, was covering up a lot of fucking stuff. But I mean, outside of what, like what she's covering up, what she's not. How do you manage of, a like, place that, that has that? fucking bodies. And I know. how common of an occurrence it was. They were like, oh yeah, people die in the rooms all the time. But it's for either that suicide long, just or... set the place on fire. I mean, that, yeah. like, it from what? I think they say, like, floor six up, and it goes to, like, 30. Yeah. That's where you just don't go. And if you go up there, you're dead. You will die. How does a place like that well, even... Well, people, like, would jump off the building. And we covered no, Elisa Lamb, right? them off the building. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, uh, we covered Elisa Lamb, right? We talked about her. Yeah, we talked about her a little bit. If you're not familiar, that's the unfortunate uh, foreign exchange student who stayed at the Hotel Cecil. Uh, what was it? Back in... Um, I think mm-mm, I have it here. 2013. So she stayed there. She disappeared with some sketchy-ass fucking elevator footage, which if you haven't watched, watch that, because that's enough to make you go... Yeah, yeah, but then once you watch it, you're like, she definitely had some... Mental, she had some mental issues, but issues also, like, and how they found lot. her is because all the water was getting brown. How fucking gross! And they were like, that? "Oh shit, she's been in the water tank for a month." People were drinking it and being like, "Um, this tastes pretty bad. Uh, can you check yeah. it out?" Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah well, there's a foreign exchange student in uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, fucking yeah. tower. So, so yeah, so basically, like, it didn't have a great reputation, but because it's so fucking skeezy. Literally nobody batted an eye when he was changing in the alleyway. Or literally sometimes, if I remember the documentary correctly, would walk into the lobby to the hotel or to the elevator or to the stairs covered in fucking blood. Yes. Yeah. Literally. There are direct quotes from people saying that they saw him do that and that everybody just knew better and that if you saw him walk in and he looked like that, step off to the side and just let him take the elevator. Yep. And he lived on like the fourteenth floor. Yep. Literally walking by being like, Not my pig, not my farm. <laughs> Gotta go. Oh my god. So, yeah. I mean, the hotel is in the middle of Skid Row. And Skid Row has been not the place you want to go for a very, 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 very long time. So it is hard to, you know, understand that there are just some tourists that just stumble upon the Cecil. You're like, well, how the fuck did you not look that up? Like, do you, how do you not know that? But I think that series also gave phenomenal insight into Skid Row. Like, I actually learned a shitload about that that I didn't know. Like, it's like 52 blocks or something big. Yeah. That's huge. That is a massive fucking area. And then, what's even crazier is the cops just perimeter that whole area and they can't leave. So, they just bus and bus and bus the homeless population into Skid Row, sending them into this just crime-infested 52 block area it's almost the same thought process as like a ghetto in the the 1940s or like a concentration camp or that we're just literally been like "Ah, fuck these people just ship them over there that is it but it's even bigger yeah it's uh it's uh 4.3 square miles that's crazy that's yeah that's a big ass area Mm -hmm. so i don't know anything that 
Either way, the Cecil and the Night Stalker documentaries were phenomenal. Highly, highly recommend them. Um, it's just a really interesting story. I don't know. I, I don't think know how else to say it. One of the things I remember most about him with, you know, a lot of stuff I've listened to, and I'm sorry if I can't cite these things specifically because of all the stuff I've listened to on him, um, certain news stories, interviews, podcasts, those kind of things. Like he, I think, was one of the first to really get like idolized rock star style, especially yeah. if I by like females. Yeah. So like to the point where this guy had his own fucking header and like like um letterheads made to be able to ship out letters to pen pals and stuff. People would oh literally God. like send marriage proposals and nudes and all these and different you've things. You've seen this guy. Yes. Like he is a creature. Like I nor do I think Ted Bundy was an attractive guy, but this guy he looks, looks like, like a goddamn like a reptilian creature. Yeah. Yeah. And honestly, so when I was like Googling them too, when you uh, when you type it in, there's obviously Richard Ramirez. Mm -hmm. That's the first one. And then how it always suggests things. The second thing it suggests is Richard Ramirez's teeth because his teeth were rotting out of his fucking yeah. skull because all he ate was candy. He stopped developing nutritional facts at like, oh, nine. Yeah. When he was learning about decapitating people. So, yeah. I It's definitely interesting to see like if one or the other of those traumatic instances happened in his childhood would he still have turned into the person that he did or if neither one of those traumatic instances like with him you know getting epilepsy or the cousin would he still have been that like was he just inherently because the dad was out of the picture you know but it didn't from all that I read they never once said like oh the mom is a piece of shit they never said the dad was a piece of shit he just left like it was kind of just the cousin that was like you know I think Interestingly enough, I was listening to a show a few days ago and it was they were interviewing a, a gentleman who wrote a book on serial killers specifically. Right. And a lot of times, too, you know, it's hard to put them all in specific categories mm -hmm. of like, oh, there's an emo for this, this and this, because they are so diverse. There's a lot of similar motives, you know, sexuality, aggression, um, yeah. their place in the world, especially a lot of times with their parents or opposite sex or whatever it may be. Right. But the one thing that they started pointing out, too, is if we forget this, is that like. Yes, we've all had weird childhoods. Some far worse than others. Yeah. Hands fucking down. We all know two or three people were like, you poor son of a bitch. Absolutely. Jesus, how did you make it to be such a nice person? How are you still positive? How are you still <laughs> communicative in society? Like yeah. you should be in a cell somewhere. But the point is, is like for every one of these, there's literally thousands of people who have been through similar upbringings who don't go out and murder everybody. Yeah. They might punch a wall. Mm -hmm. They might throw their fries at something for they some reason. They may go reason. to jail when they're like 16, 17, 18. <laughs> like they're yeah. like, if that's like still on the other end and then they do other things, you yeah. know? So that's not the, <laughs> like, and that's the kind of thing too, is like, it's, yes, there are a lot of unfortunate things to happen that happen to these people as they develop. But that doesn't mean that that's like carte blanche, a formula for it. So many people go through that and yeah. don't end up that way. I think a lot of people get hit in the head with swings and yeah. a lot of people have that play. I mean, it's like, was it the cousin? I like, I literally got hit in the head by a bat when I was five, which yes, I know explains a lot. I've had a lot of concussions that's, in my childhood. I mean, the bull but, thing now. But <laughs> I'm not killing people. I mean, yeah, we're talking about it. And I caught. Exactly. <laughs> Wait, no. 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 No, but seriously, like and even too, like the one thing that he was talking about too was like idolizing these serial killers. And it's something that I had to put a lot of uh, perspective into because, you know, we sit here and we talk about a lot of very, very crazy, insane people. 
And yes, we can like, unfortunately, our society looks at the villain sometimes and kind of is more interested in that. Mm -hmm. But also at the same time, like he made a good point where, especially with somebody like him, they romanticize or idolize to the point to where like they just forget the victims. They forget these terrible fucking things that like imagine being in one of those bedrooms. Yeah. Then go ahead and tell me that you think that guy's super cool or he's edgy or he's on the outskirts of society. And like one of the interesting facts that he brought in well, it's like, especially in America, we're one of the only countries that has that. And it's mostly because we we almost congratulate the outlaw. We almost congratulate the person who bucks the societal norms and does what they think that they should do because there really is no cohesive, like, we're all part of the same tribe here in America. We are a melting pot and we all have, like, that blue blood kind of thing going on. Like, yeah, America, right? Yeah. But there is no, like greater good so whenever somebody's like operating outside of the law you almost have this weird vigilance like yeah go get them like but do other countries don't like put on the news about no they don't i mean like, they 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 obviously cover the news they yeah. mention the 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 perpetrator and those kind of things but they don't idolize it they they don't sit there and it's the same kind of thing that we've been arguing with like mass shootings and things like stop fucking glorifying it seriously stop fucking being like oh, he's a crazy person because he did this. Look how insane yeah. he is. Because like that kind of notoriety, the same thing we were talking about earlier, is what actually inspires a lot of these fucking people. They yep. need to be known. And if they need to be known through fear, that's one avenue they will literally go to. And that's one of the big reasons why you don't see this happening in a lot yeah. of other nations. But I don't know. Just we, some very interesting perspectives. Oh, we need to stop doing that. We need to stop even just posting trolls on the internet. There's so many girls I follow who will post you know, the guy who is saying some fucked up thing, which I like have done in the past, but now I'm like starting to get in the mentality. I'm like, it's the same exact thing, just small scale. You know, it's yeah. like, you're just, that's what that person wants. That's, that's what it, that's what that person wants. Just make me famous for five minutes or mm-hmm. some shit, you know? It's the, it's, uh, I forget what the saying was, but it reminds me of like a thing on like acting, right? Mm-hmm. So the old saying is like, if you're an actor and you go on stage, you obviously want applause and approval and a yeah. praise and, and clapping. Um, but you'll settle for booing and, and just kind of like hatred and disdain because at least you're inciting a reaction out of somebody. Yeah. If that's what you're, and if you're going literally for. going for just trying to validate your existence, then they will li- like, if they're not getting it the other way, especially sometimes with, you know, the family or the friendships or things like that throughout their childhood, they will actively seek out more notorious ways to get that sort of attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Especially all those brothers and sisters, you know, maybe they all grew up to be upstanding citizens and he was just trying to stand out too because I don't know what they did. I don't know anything about them. That's got to be a weird ass Christmas party. Right? (laughs) Y'all. Oh, that being said. Oh man. So that is uh, the Night Stalker. Yeah, I'd love to go more into that later down the road too if like there's ever any new information because I will say we're starting to see a lot more attention put on these these types of cases yeah there i think the like uh, the the norm of being weirded out by it yes we're all still weirded out by Mm -hmm. it but it's becoming more prevalent and more normalized to be interested in it that exactly because you want when you watch something and you get into something do you not want to have a conversation with someone about it yeah exactly (laughs) that's why we're like Oh, oh my God! Did you see this fucking documentary? Yeah, yeah. marijuana, blah blah blah, Satanism, blah blah blah. Forty people. Yeah, we're like, <laughs> wow, that yeah. is a good one. Wow, that's an insane count. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, so yeah, <laughs> I think as not that it gets more normalized, but as people become more comfortable with talking about these details of things, mm-hmm. uh, I think we'll be able to see a lot more information pop up about these yeah. these different types of cases. For sure, I want to dive into more of his 
upbringing and stuff too so yep yep that's all I got alright well that is Richard Ramirez if you haven't seen uh, the documentary The Night Soccer on Netflix go check it out it and is, The Cecil Hotel is and The Cecil good. Hotel is pretty dope too uh, it drags at the end but watch it yeah, yeah it's like Breaking <laughs> Bad but whatever um but yeah, that's uh, that's that. Um, coming out of this, please obviously follow us on social media. Find us at Craft Beer Is Dead Pod. Um, go on Apple. Tell a friend. That actually helps out a lot. Uh, yeah. So we sincerely appreciate all of you who've been reaching out and telling us you're doing that. So um, follow Sticker Wolf. That guy's dope. And what else? I think that's it, sir. Man, we've been doing this 42 times. You think we'd be a little bit better? <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. And not fart into the microphone. Well, that's my fault. 42 doodles. <laughs> Dead. 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 Dead.